Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, talks between Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn slowed as the Prime Minister sets her sights on next week's EU summit. Then, a judge chimes in on the ongoing dispute between the Securities Exchange Commission and Elon Musk's Twitter account. And the price of oil is the highest it's been in nearly five months. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn resumed their talks on Thursday, but walked away without an agreement. So what's next for the prime minister and the leader of the opposition? Hello, I'm Henry Mance, reporting for the FT from Westminster. The big thing coming up on the Brexit horizon is next Wednesday's European summit, where Theresa May will ask European leaders for an extension to Article 50, the Brexit process, a delay to Brexit, which is currently due to happen next Friday. Now, we don't know how long she'll ask for, and we don't know what European leaders will agree to. Um, And at the moment, two parallel processes are going on. One is that the Prime Minister is negotiating with the leader of the opposition, Jeremy Corbyn, to see if they can come to a new arrangement on Brexit, a compromise deal. Most people think that's fairly unlikely. We don't really know um, whether there's been much progress in those talks. And in the meantime, um, a group of backbenchers are trying to legally bind the Prime Minister to involve them in her decision about how long a delay to Brexit to ask for, and to ensure that legally she can't take uh, the UK out of the EU without a deal next Friday. So at the moment, uh, rather than bringing back her deal for another vote in Parliament, and rather than presenting a compromise vote to Parliament, we are focused on how long a delay to Brexit uh, the Prime Minister is going to ask for, and whether MPs and then European leaders will accept that. Downing Street said negotiations with the Labour Party will continue today with both sides looking to make quick progress. Tesla CEO Elon Musk and the Securities Exchange Commission will have to figure out Mr. Musk's social media habits, just not in court. The SEC asked federal judge Allison Nathan to hold Mr. Musk in contempt of court, saying he violated a settlement agreed upon last year which placed restrictions on his tweets about Tesla. The SEC said Mr. Musk violated the settlement with a tweet he sent in February about vehicle production. But on Thursday, Judge Nathan said the case, quote, screams of working it out between the two parties, outside of court. She gave the SEC and Musk two weeks to settle it on their own. Otherwise, the judge said she will make a decision herself. Musk responded to the ruling, saying he had always wanted to work directly with the SEC rather than, quote, prematurely rushing to court. Earlier in the day, Tesla's $1.8 billion junk bond fell by the most in seven months. Stockholders were disappointed by the fact that the car maker's first quarter deliveries badly missed Wall Street estimates. Analysts had predicted that Tesla would miss the mark, but few expected Wednesday's news when Tesla announced the vehicle deliveries would fall by nearly 31%. The company's bond drop was matched by a more than 8% fall in Tesla shares. The price of Brent crude briefly rose above $70 Thursday, the highest it's been since November. U.S. West Texas Intermediate also rose by half a percent at one point, with its price climbing to well above $62. The price jumps signal that a tightened supply is offsetting concerns about a slowing global demand. Plus, the market responded to the progress revolving around the U.S.-China trade talks. Those trade talks continued on Thursday, as U.S. President Donald Trump met with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He as the two countries tried to reach an agreement. 
Both sides walked out of the meeting saying they're close to a deal, but... I think we're looking at, at sort of May, early May, mid-May for a deal. James Politi is the World Trade editor for the FT. Whereas, um, you know, there were hopes heading into this negotiating session that an agreement could actually be reached by this month. They've essentially said that pushback, a sort of summit between President Trump and Xi Jinping, the Chinese counterpart, which initially had been sort of tentatively penciled in for later this month to whenever they reach a deal, if they reach a deal. What are some of the points the two sides made progress on? Yeah, we don't know exactly where they made progress in the last few days. We do know what the main sticking points are. Um, and on the U.S. side, there is an insistence for a very strong enforcement mechanism to make sure that the Chinese live up to their commitments. So that would involve a U.S. right to impose punitive tariffs on the Chinese if they see that they are not complying with the terms of the deal. And they are also asking the Chinese not to retaliate in that case. Whereas on the Chinese side, what the Chinese want is the U.S. to immediately lift all tariffs on their goods. And the U.S. wants to keep some of them in place in order to maintain some leverage over the Chinese. It sounds like both sides are pretty concerned about how they'll be viewed if they make too many concessions. Why is that? So there are hawks on both sides, uh, in both capitals and in both countries, who are uh, very uneasy about this deal. Um, they see you know, the U.S. and China loggerheads and heading for a, a broader economic and strategic confrontation. They don't want to see more concessions made. Um, you can see that on the U.S. side with uh, sort of criticism coming from both Capitol Hill and from hawks within the administration that there is a danger that Donald Trump strikes a weak deal just in order to juice the stock market and to be able to say that he reached a deal with the Chinese. And on the Chinese side, there is some, um, there was quite a bit of nervousness uh, coming out of an earlier nego negotiating session in February in which it appeared that Liu He, the lead Chinese negotiator, had made too many concessions, and that triggered a backlash in Beijing. Data release shows that China has actually increased its purchases of U.S. farm products. How will that play out in the trade talks? Well, the Chinese have increased their, um, their purchases of farm products. It's not nearly as much as the U.S. wanted. It's a kind of good, goodwill, good faith gesture on the part of uh, Beijing. But I think uh, in terms of value and volume, the big match there is yet to be played. I mean, the, US, the Chinese know that the Americans want a big um, purchase of, of agricultural goods to be part of the deal because of the sensitivity you know, and the pain that the farm belt is feeling due to retaliatory tariffs from, from the Chinese, uh, especially soybean producers have been hit very hard. And so they really want a deal and are looking for new opportunities to come um, out of this agreement. So the Chinese know that um, if there is a deal, I think there will be a fairly large scale agricultural, uh, agricultural purchase program. But at the moment, the Chinese are just trying to show that, you know, that they're willing to make these commitments and they're offering some kind of evidence of that. Um, but in terms of, again, in terms of the size and scale of these purchases, 
you know, that will really depend on whether there's a deal or not. And if there's no deal, I think you could expect them to stop. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the U.S. Labor Department as it releases its jobs report for March. Hiring had come to an abrupt halt in February, but with wages reaching a cyclical high, analysts say March could be a rebound month for employment numbers. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure to check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by me, Mark Filipino, and Amy Keene. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. Robert Shrimsley is the editorial director for the Financial Times. This week, we'd like to give an extra thanks to Fiona Simon, Martin Stabe, and Daniel Winter. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.